You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I heard a lot of stories, and I reckon they are true, about how girls are put upon by men. I always say, come on, let's go, just when I ought to say nix. I'm just a girl who can't say no. I'm in a terrible fix, and no pun intended. So, is Adu Annie an addict? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joseph Fraschella. Dr. Fraschella is the director of the Division of Clinical Neuroscience at the National Institutes on Drug Abuse in Bethesda, Maryland. Today we are discussing addiction. Who is an addict? What is addiction? Welcome, Dr. Fraschella, and thanks for joining me at the Clinician's Roundtable. Oh, thank you very much. How would you define an addiction for our audience? First of all, I would like to say addiction is a brain disease. There are many definitions to addiction. The most used is it's a chronic and relapsing brain disease characterized by uncontrollable drug-seeking behavior and use. It, it persists in the face of negative consequences, sometimes really extremely negative consequences. Uh, and that can be in terms of health, social, financial, etc. But I think for me, addiction is simply a total loss of control where the drug and the acquisition of drug becomes paramount and really overrides almost all, if not all, other pleasures in one's life. Does it have to be a drug to which someone's addicted? No. Uh, research is showing that, in fact, there are a number of addictions or excessive behaviors. I think we're seeing a large rise in gambling and obesity, for example. There are now talks about Internet addiction, etc., so I think we're seeing uh, addiction in, in many flavors. At a recent AMA convention, they tried to label video gaming an addiction. I guess they finally deferred it to the American Psychiatric Association. Do you have any feelings about the video game? About the video game? Um, I think if you can define it in the same terms as you might uh, drug addiction, whereas you have a tolerance where you increase the amount of drug for drugs, but increase the amount of video playing, uh, withdrawal symptoms. I don't know if you, people get withdrawal from not playing videos, but they got cranky or uh, felt sick for not playing, where they use videos more and more. It becomes more central in their lives. I think we as humans are really set up to um, become addicted or excessive. If it's not a true addiction, we can certainly do lots of excessive behaviors. You mentioned that you consider it a brain disease. Is it a physiological one, a psychological one, both? What's the story? Ah, good question. The real uh, issue here is, is the complexity. I think uh, not only is the brain immensely complex, the disease is immensely complex, and it is truly an intertwining of behavioral and psychological, emotional, physiological processes all being affected. So it's, it's hard to really pinpoint it as one or the other. I think it's, it's a real mix. Are there stages or a process through which one moves from social drug use, you know, the kind of cocktail after work, through an addiction? I mean, could you explain a little bit about the process? And Sure. Drug use, and it could be very casual or recreational or drink at the end of uh, a hard day at work, is not addiction. And so there are lots of people who can use substances recreationally. 
addiction really comes in when that voluntary control seems to be replaced by an involuntary inability to control uh, the, the use of the drug. What drives that involuntary action, the loss of control? Well, we're not really sure, but it seems as though there is somehow a change, a, a qualitative and quantitative change in the brain from one who's just a user to one who becomes addicted. And that is something that uh, we are very interested in trying to figure out what that switch is, what that change is from when you're voluntarily using to when you become completely uh, a slave to the drug. I assume this process has something to do with the pleasure response? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I think one of the interesting issues with addiction is it really affects those brain areas that are available for us to survive. Drugs affect parts of the brain that are involved in natural rewards and reinforcers. These are the same circuits that are involved in our ability to exist in the world, ability to eat food, to have sex, to really survive in everyday living. Our brains are really wired to be extremely sensitive to these reinforcing stimuli in the world. And so if something makes us feel good, then we're wired to remember it and to repeat it. And therein lies the problem with uh, the difficulties with drug addiction. Why are drugs more addictive than the natural rewards? You know, we all like our high fives and, you know, our strokes, as they say in the uh, kids' talk. But why are the drugs so much more potent? I think that's it. They're, they're just so extremely potent at activating these reward circuits. It comes down to a, a brain chemical, dopamine, and we know that all drugs of abuse uh, release dopamine in the brain, certain areas of the brain, the reward centers, the reward circuits, pathways. And these are the same circuits and, and neurotransmitter systems that help us survive, as I was saying, in the world. And so food, music, sex, these release dopamine, but unfortunately, drugs of abuse are so potent at releasing dopamine that, again, the brain is really wired to pay attention to these reinforcing events, and so drugs do it so well. And the brain says, wow, these substances are good. They're really good. Got to do it again. And so most people like that reinforcing property and try to um, go after that high again. There must be some kind of a break in the system that at least keep some of us from going over the cliff. Yeah, that said, that most people who try uh, drugs of abuse don't go on and uh, become addicted. So a number of us do have good breaking systems that keep us from going down that road that you spoke of, of uh, recreational drugs to um, moving over to addiction. Are there any specific chemicals, neurotransmitters, neurotransmitters involved in the break system? Yeah, we're, we're learning more and more about some of the systems and, and some of the brain processes in the braking system. And it seems as though, unfortunately, the drugs of abuse uh, that we take that um, really need to have a good braking system are affecting those particular areas. And so, in a sense, they are affecting negatively the, the braking system. And so, some of the cortical regions that would tell most of us to stop not to do that or not to have that extra brownie after dinner, they are most affected in drug abuse. I know one of your areas of interest is neuroimaging of the brain. 
I've read about the McDonald's scale, sort of five or six stages that someone goes through, again, from casual use, curiosity, to end stage where drug-seeking is a major activity, major part of their life. Are there neuroimaging correlates that go with that? And can you actually see changes over time that correspond to each of the stages? Um, I don't know that people have looked particularly at each of the stages, but certainly researchers have looked at acute effects of drugs versus uh, effects of drugs in patients and individuals who have abused drugs for many years. And so the brains are very different. From what you've learned, are there any specific interventions that can be taken along the way to block the end-stage result of addiction? Well, we're working really hard on prevention therapies to, in fact, prevention interventions to block the use or the prolonged use of of drugs. Uh, But it's clear that the notion of just say no just doesn't work. I think it it is truly a, a brain disease, and it's a complex brain disease that has biological as well as behavioral underpinnings. And so it's pretty tough to say no to um, a brain that's in a state of uh, wanting and desiring of drugs. Are there any specific risk factors that put the brain at risk? Age, sex, things like that? Sure. There are um, certainly age is, is, a, is a risk factor, um, impulsive behaviors, uh, risky behaviors. There are also early events in one's life. Sexual abuse seems to uh, predict future drug use. So certainly there are a number of of risk factors in one's, uh, and as well as genetic factors that may predispose someone to taking drugs. I was going to ask if the Human Genome Project had any clues or revelations. Well, we're we're certainly working. A big focus of our programs uh, is to look at the genetic influences of drugs. Certainly there are genetic influences, there are environmental influences as well. There are the gene-by-environment-by-development types of interactions that I think will really hold some excellent research questions and answers for us. I read that NIDA is funding a multi-center study to assess effectiveness of quote-unquote painkiller detox for OxyContin and Vicodin. Can you tell us anything about the study and any preliminary results that you could discuss? No preliminary results. It's too early at this point because the study just got underway. Um, But a big question is the uh, linkage between prescription opioid medications and one's vulnerability to abuse liability. Since you mentioned uh, prescription drugs, recently in the news, Chris Benoit, the twice-world wrestling champion, killed his wife, his son, and then hung himself. I've heard the term for the first time, roid rage. Uh, Sounds to me like this is a dependency, and I was wondering... Are you or anyone else that you're aware of looking into things like this? Yes, I know that there are people who are very interested in in the effects of performance-enhancing drugs and behavior and and the whole issue of tolerance and dependence and these types of circumstances of roid rage and and so forth and and aggression. Certainly um, a big question is how do drugs affect the behavior? And, And some drugs seem to affect aggression. Our time is flying by, and I've got to ask this one, and I'm probably going to get a lot of trouble with my wife, but every Sunday during the football season, she kind of plants herself right in front of the television for about three hours during the duration of the Bears game. 
Do I have to worry about her getting addicted, or is this just a habit? <laughs> it's probably a little bit reinforcing for her. <laughs> it certainly um, gives her pleasure when they sure, win. It certainly gives her pleasure, especially when, when they win, I'm sure. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it because I guess when the uh, when the football season's over, she probably doesn't plan herself there. You got to be kidding! The Sox start, huh. but they're losing a lot this year, so <laughs> <laughs> so we're okay. You're okay. That's right. So don't have a don't have a uh, a season where the Bears and the Sox do well. Oh yeah, when they once. won the World Series, we were in really big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to thank Dr. Joe Pachella, who has been our guest, and we have been discussing. At Addiction, What is an Addict? What is Addiction? I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. I wish you a good day and good health.